Rachel Gordon preaching. And it's wonderful. You know, Rachel came as Rachel McNaught, right? And uh, she came and she'd always be busy. She's always out doing different things. And, and she's always, you know, like busy, serving. What, what can I do? Obviously talented, obviously gifted. She can sing, she can do all these different things. And then when we were looking for someone to do some work here at the church, she had made herself the obvious choice. She'd made herself the one that was obvious for us to pick. And so she came on the staff and she met Che and they got married and now she's Rachel Gordon and it's all wonderful. But she's someone who is industrious. She's someone who is godly. She's someone who serves hard. And what I loved about Rachel is I've seen her grow and grow and grow and grow. And that's what happened. She's never said, well, I've made it now. I'm on staff. I've made it now. I've, I've led a meeting. I've made it now. I've prophesied. But she's always said, I'm just here to serve what it is that I, that I need to do. And so recently I asked her if she would go and uh, present herself to be a credential. And uh, so she went to do her probationary minister certificate. That's how it works within the ACC. Before you ordain, you go through a time of being in a probationary, like your pee plates. And so I would love to say today, and Rachel doesn't know we're doing this, and come up, Rachel. I would love to present to you your ministry, P-Plates. There you are. Come over here. So, uh, Rachel, the P-Plates, like, it's not like when she goes to heaven. She gets this little card. I'll show it to you. All right? It's got her face on it. She's Rachel McNaughton here. We have to get that changed. This is what it is. Now, I'm fairly certain that when it comes to getting into heaven, she's not going to rip out her phone and kind of like show the card. Here, come in. Look, I've got my card. Right? It's, it's not really God's going, oh, wow, you've got the card. You've made it. You've got the card. Yes, you're special. You've got the card. But what it is, is that God's always recognised Rachel's gift. God's always re- recognised that God has gifted her, that He's got His hand upon her life. And she's just walked into what God has had from planned for her. So really what this card is, it's us, it's man saying, we recognise what God has done. We recognise that God has gifted her. We recognise that God has His hand on her and that God has a ministry call upon her life. Now, Being a ministry call doesn't make her any better than someone who's a carpenter or a policeman or anything like that. That's her call. Someone who's a plumber, policeman, doc, whatever it is, that's their call. It's not better. This card is, is, is nothing. But what it says is that we as a church, we as a leadership, we recognise her. So we're going to pray for her and maybe Che can come up and be a good pastor's spouse. Right, uh, and that why don't we stand? And I like our staff and our board to come. We're going to come around, and we're going to pray for. Her. And I've asked Pastor Fred, who's been in ministry for like ten thousand years, right? And uh, I've asked Pastor Fred to come, and he's going to pray for this young couple. Come on around. I've got the nice big. You know, ministry is just work, but it's work for people, it's work in the kingdom. And Rachel's proved herself faithful, Rachel's proved herself called. And so it's, it's, it's really a privilege to do this. I've been looking forward to this. You can have your little card back. Pastor Fred, why don't you come and pray as we lay hands? Thank you.
God bless you, Rachel. It's a long journey, but God will go with you. I don't know whether you'll serve as long as I have because I think the Lord's coming back before very long. (laughs) So you'll be spared a lot of pain and joy. But my prayer for you, I was just thinking about you. And there's a scripture that I give to young ordainees. You know what my credential said when I first got it? It was called a worker's credential wasn't very flash at all, just a worker. But you know what I say to you is this, and this is a scripture that both of you need to apply to your lives. Isaiah 45, 2 and 3. If you can remember that, Isaiah 45, 2 and 3. It says something like this, I will go before you. the mountains I'll break through the bars of steel and I will give you the treasures of darkness Heavenly Father give me your hand both of your hands together again. I pray Heavenly Father for this young woman and this young man whom you have called to serve you we as a board join together in prayer and we pray for them we pray that wisdom shall be imparted I pray dear Father God that your grace shall be upon Rachel that you'll give her healing hands that when she lays hands on the sick they will recover I pray your blessing upon her watch over her protect her and make her a blessing to many people and to her dear husband and I pray Father God that as You called Pastor Nina first and then you called Pastor Mark. So you will, Shane will follow follow in the footsteps and he too will be ordained to the ministry to serve alongside his wife in years to come. Let it be, Father, in the name of Jesus. And I bless you, Rachel. I bless you in the name of the Father and the Son. And the Holy Ghost. Amen. 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 Rachel, I just see just that word that Pastor Fred said, the levelling of mountains. God's going to put words in your mouth. They're going to level mountains and level obstacles. You're going to have a breakthrough. You're going to be able to change atmospheres. People are going to come in your office. People are going to come under your ministry in one way, but they're going to leave another way. They're going to leave burdenless. You're going to lift that burden. You're going to say to that mountain, be lifted up and cast into the sea. You've got a prophetic anointing. 
And the church is built on the prophets and on the apostles, the Word says. And so there's going to be a prophetic anointing. So always believe that God is going to move into what you say and what you do. And as it does, mountains will be leveled. That which is an obstacle is going to become a road. That which is actually going to stop people is going to become a thoroughfare. There'll be things that you'll be able to say no to that stopping and yes to going on, going forward, moving on. And Father, I speak that right over our life. As different things were spoken over Timothy, as He was sent into the ministry, O Lord, we speak that over Rachel's life. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Amen. Anyone? Fantastic. Let's give her a hand. You might as well stay. Come and preach your Word. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that great? You know, I always want to be a sending church. You know, I always wanted to be something that we're doing all the time, seeing new young men and women coming into God's call, coming into God's ministry. And tonight, it just happened to work out, right? Rachel's preaching. Come on, put your hands together as she comes. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Mark and Pastor Nina best senior pastors in the world. I also didn't expect to be emotional, so I'm just like, it's a little bit like, cry, sad, good, happy things. Well, hello. If you don't know me, my name is Rachel. Um, I'm married to Che, which you just found out. He is a redhead on the front row. Uh, He told me before that uh, redheads do everything better. So if you are a redhead in the room and you feel like you, yeah, thanks, Pastor Beck. And yeah, I see you over there. If you have red hair and you ever are just feeling down, you can go to him and he will encourage you and make you feel like you're the best human in the whole world. Um, I'm on staff here part-time and the other half of my life is at Launton State School. I'm a chaplain there. I started there like six months ago now and it is a wild ride. It's a wild ride. There's a lot of fun things that happened. I was trying to think of all these like, funny stories about the kids because they're wild kids. Like They're awesome, but they're wild. And I was talking to Che about it before and we were saying, I was like, what's a funny story? Like what's happened? Like what, what kid is like, what's a good story? And he's like, oh, remember that time that there's a kid in his class, his name is Cade and he is very funny. And he bought us a present to say thank you. And he gave it to us. And it was like one of those reusable, like, like soft fabric Woolies bags. And so it was like black, so you couldn't see in it. And we took it home and we opened up the bag and I think it was just a whole bunch of stolen items from his house. (laughs) So it was like, there was like two mugs, there was like some chocolates. And then there was also a pair of, we think his dad's sunglasses. (laughs) And so they're like speed racer sunglasses and Che ended up having to wear them on camp and it was really funny. But that's the funniest thing. I was like, there's many things that happened, but that was pretty funny. I was like, you've stolen these items and I can't can't accept them. They're not a gift. Intention is right, but they are stolen. So anyway, that's me. A little bit about myself, if you didn't know me. Um, But tonight I wanted to share a message with you guys. I really feel that God has put on my heart, God has given me this phrase and it's kind of just been in my mind so much recently. And 
Uh, so the, the scripture we're gonna start by reading tonight is Revelation 4, verse nine to 11. And it says, and whenever the living creatures give glory and honour and thanks to him who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who is seated on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne saying, worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honour and power for you created all things and by your will they existed and were created. My nose is just running a little bit. <laughs> um, this verse, and you would probably recognise it, it's a song that we sing here at church, but this verse and whenever we sing this, it just captivates me. Like there's something about it that just, that's all I can, that's how I describe it. It's just like this inside of me, no words. Um, and I don't know, I've been trying to put words to what it is. And tonight I wanna share a message that I've titled, Cast Your Crowns. And I believe that God is lovingly asking because He never demands of us to cast down before His throne the things in our lives that hinder us from giving Him all of the glory, all of the honour and all the power to the only one who is worthy. So would you just close your eyes and we just pray to start tonight. Dear God, we just love you so much. We give you all the glory, all the honour and all the power tonight. We recognise who you are. We put you in your rightful place. And I just pray that tonight you would move our hearts to cast before you those things that stop us from recognising your power, recognising your glory and giving you that place in our life. And so we just love you and we uh, welcome you into this room tonight. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Awesome. Well, we all would know about crowns in a physical sense. You know, there's the royal crowns we see. Kings, queens, they're all wearing them. Um, but they show that someone is worthy of honour. They show that they should be highly regarded. When we see a queen, we respect them, like we bow before them. Um, crowns are significant and the people that wear them are also significant. And the crowns that they actually wear themselves are a lot, like worth a lot. So I did a bit of research into this. There's a, a website, which is like the official website of like the royal crowns, jewels and all that. So I had a little bit of a look. It's really interesting. If you have a second, it's so interesting. So I have two crowns that I wanna just point out tonight. They're actual royal crowns. So they look very similar and in the light, they look very similar, but they're a little bit different. So the first one up there is called St. Edward's Crown. It's actually titled the most important and most sacred of all, all the crowns. So all these crowns and all of the crowns and all the scepters and orbs and the, all those golden things that they use in the royal places, they're actually all kept in the Tower of London. They're all like protected, like theft proof, hopefully. Um, but that St. Edward's crown is actually just used for, was just used for one, one moment. It was put on a king's head, he walks out, taken off, that's it, one. And it's very interesting that they actually, before they embedded the, like the jewels into that crown, they actually just hired them. So every time they use it, or like the, time, the times that they use it, they just hired the jewels, put them in the crown, wore it, take the crowns out, that's done. But now they're actually, they are actually embedded in the crown now. Fun facts. And it's also made of solid gold. So apparently it weighs like two and a half kilos or something like that. So I'm not wearing that on your head. That's like 
it's quite heavy. Um, no wonder they only wear it for like a minute. Um, the second crown up there, the imperial state crown. So this is the crown that they uh, use for the monarch when in the coronation ceremony, they like crown her as queen, put the crown on her head. She gets up, walks out, takes it off. That's it. Yeah, they wear the crowns for like a minute. I'm like, if I owned that crown, I'd be wearing it. I mean, I don't know if it was two and a half kilos, but I'd want to be wearing it like for my entire life. But did you know in this, uh, in this one crown, there is 2,868 diamonds, 17 sapphires, 11 emeralds, 269 pearls and four rubies. I'm like, one diamond, one diamond is worth so much money. And it has like almost 3,000 di- just diamonds, like not even emeralds, all of that jazz. It is just like, it's crazy how much those crowns are worth and how little they wear them. But these physical crowns are worn so that people would recognise, you know, and honour the person wearing them. And I think of like the scene uh, if you've seen The Princess Diaries, I'm kind of like sad about some people who in this area might not know. I'm hoping that you'd all know what it is. I'd be sad if you didn't. It is a classic. If you have not watched The Princess Diaries, you need to. It's, uh, but I, I saw this picture like when I was looking at all the crowns and stuff. And I remember like The Princess Diaries, like watching it as like a, probably like 10, 12, 13, 14 year old over and over and there's this one scene where they're like all like there's all these royal people in the ballroom like they've come together for a party and there's like so many like just royals you know just just royals you know just every day just gathering together in their ball gowns in their they're all wearing a crown they're all chatting eating their little like canapé food there's a beautiful like string quartet in the corner playing beautiful music and it's nice everyone's just talking having a great time and then the queen walks in And like the whole room just stops and everyone just like does their little curtsy bow for the queen because she's worthy of honour, right? And then there's like the line, if you've seen the movie, where the bodyguard is like, you're late. And she's like, the queen is never late. Everyone else is simply early. And then it's great. I love it. Love it. My favourite. She's so sassy. I'm like, if you're a queen, you can say whatever you want, I guess. But... Uh, this, so the second that the queen walks into the room, the one that's worthy of honour, everyone stops, everyone bows. She's in a crown, it's beautiful. And now I would be pretty confident in saying that none of you in this room in your lifetime, including myself, will ever wear one of those royal crowns. If you are, if you do, I would love to see, please send me a picture, but I'm quite confident that we will not have those crowns on our head. But even though we won't wear those beautiful, expensive, physical royal crowns, I am confident in saying that we actually do all wear a crown. It may not be as visible. Um, But these crowns are things in our life that give us a little taste of glory, of honour amongst men and a sense of power. It's things that make us feel significant or esteemed or proud of ourselves. It's these crowns that we wear that actually take glory from God take honour, take power from God. And I think it's so easy for us without even realising it sometimes to take a little bit for ourselves, to take a bit of glory for ourselves, to like stash away a little bit of honour. The desire of our flesh is so self-seeking and there's a constant need in us to be recognised and to be glorified or to be in control even. And this is what I believe that God is asking us 
to sacrifice when he says to cast your crown. And in this passage, Revelation, we read about the elders. They're the ones that actually do cast their crown before the throne. And all through the Bible, we see the word elder, Old and New Testament. And so almost all religious communities were guided by an elder. They were an older, a wiser man in the community, someone who had experience. It was someone in a position of leadership and authority. And in the people in their community's eyes, they were worthy of honour. Although in this particular scripture, like passage, we're not given an exact identity of who those elders are or what they represent, but I believe that we can still see a beautiful image of the humility that God is asking us to live in. So those elders probably carried an authority. They would have felt important and they cast their crowns instead of taking glory, honour, power for themselves, they actually gave that in casting their crowns to the only one who was worthy of it. They knew who was worthy. They recognised the one that was in the room and they humbled themselves and gave honour to God. And I think there's a lot of things we can wear as a crown in our life. I'm sure, you know, at the end of this, you might be able to name more than one thing that you might wear. And I think it's different for everyone. We all struggle with different things. But tonight, I just wanna identify a couple of crowns that I think are common and I think that we probably all find ourselves wearing at some point in our life. So these crowns, what hinders us from giving glory, honour and power to God? And the first crown I just wanna talk about tonight is the crown of achievement. In Romans 11 verse 36, it says, for everything comes from Him and exists by His power and is intended for His glory. All glory to Him forever, amen. We were actually created to give God glory, if you didn't know that. All creation, humans, animals, skies, oceans, plants. I think I said animals already, but animals again. Everything was created to give glory to God. And we can see a few times in, well, a lot of times in the Word of God that that's true, but I just wanna pull out two verses. Isaiah 43, verse seven, everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. Psalm 19, verse one, the heavens declare the glory of God, the skies display His craftsmanship. Every time I look at a sunset or like a sunrise, I'm like, wow. And then I realised it's the glory of God. How amazing. Like how amazing that He would put Himself into the things that we just see in everyday life that we're amazed by. And whether we know it at that point or not, we're actually looking at the glory of God. I think that's amazing. Um, So we were both humans and the created things. We are created, but all created things. Designed by God with the intention of people looking at them and seeing God, praising God. And when we make our lives about the things we can achieve or we wear those achievements like a crown, it actually glorifies our ability rather than God. It causes the people around us to look at us and celebrate what we've done or who we are rather than who God is. And I think we can so quickly slip into thoughts that glorify ourselves and our ability. We then take the glory that should have gone to God for ourselves because we made it happen. We accomplished it forgetting that every single part of our life was designed by God, was written out before we were even born. Every ability, every gift, every talent given to us by God, our personality, our strengths, it's all God given. We wouldn't not even be alive 
if it wasn't for the breath of God in our lungs. We are created by God. And when we take the credit for our achievement, we're actually robbing God of glory that He deserves. You know, this can happen in our practical world, you know, our workplace, our relationships, our family. It can happen in church. It can happen in, as we serve. You know, before I kind of came into church, like on staff and chaplaincy and all of that, I, when I graduated school, I wanted to do performing arts. That was like what I was studying was musical theatre. Um, and so we would like go there three days a week. We would do like dance classes, singing, acting. We would do like fake auditions. It was traumatic because they'd make you get up in front of everyone and be like, all right, sing. And then we're gonna judge you. And you're like, oh my gosh, this is so intimidating. It was the worst part. It was on a Friday too. I was like, Fridays is such a good day and you have to ruin it by like calling on me at a random point. It was totally random. We would do like, preparation for shows. We would actually do auditions. We would do shows within our college. We would perform, we would rehearse, all of these things to get ready. And at that point in my life, you know, you're working so hard to be the best in the room. It's all about you. It's all about doing whatever you can to be better than everyone else. You're working so, so hard. And, you know, when it would come to times towards the end of the year where we would do like shows, we would do proper auditions for them. Like they would take us through the whole process and you would be wanting a part. Like there was not that many opportunities. You would want to be the one in a role. And so you'd be like preparing your songs, like getting extra singing lessons. Like I'm not a dancer. So I'd be like doing extra dance stuff. Like I'm really not a dancer. (laughs) So I don't know how that was ever gonna work out. But anyway, you'd be like doing everything you could to just be the best. And you would get, you know, at the times where you'd get a part, you know, like I remember like one show, like working so hard because I was like, I fit, like I'm I'm a good like, I look like the characters. I could totally do this show as a Little Women. Um, I was like, I could totally do this. Like, this is my show. Like, I'm ready. Like, I'm finally, like, it's something that works for me. So I'm like working, training, like preparing so hard. And, you know, I got given one of the parts, like one of the sisters. And the first thoughts that were running through my mind was like, I worked so hard to get that. Like, I'm so excited. Like, I deserve that part. That's my, I'm so good. Like, I should, I deserve, I worked hard for that part. And what I'm actually doing there is just glorifying myself. <laughs> I'm just saying, wow, I'm so good. Wow, like I, I worked hard and yes, it's good to work hard, but I didn't acknowledge that, hey, maybe God gave me that voice or hey, maybe God put me in this place for a reason. I just completely glorified my own ability. It can also slip into our relationship with God and I'm guilty of this often Maybe if I say yes to serving here as well, God will just see how much extra I'm doing. Maybe if I read my Bible just like an extra amount tonight, like I'll be good, like I'll be seen as good. I can tick a box. Or maybe if I pray, like I go to those, you know, seven, eight, six a.m. prayer meetings. If I go every day of the week because I'll just, I'll make God proud and people will notice me that I'm there, that I'm like doing good. I can just make sure that I'm definitely going to heaven. We make our salvation something that we have to earn rather than something God's freely given us the opportunity for. You know, in Galatians 2 verse 21, this verse just hits me in the guts every time I read it. It makes me like, oh, it makes me like crumble. It says, I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless for if keeping the law could make us right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die. 
every time I have made it about achieving or earning God's love or earning something from Him, I just completely, I make God's Son, Jesus Christ, dying on the cross for me, irrelevant. I just disregard it because I've made it something I have to earn. It's time to cast the crown of achievement before the throne of God. And in doing this, we're actually giving God the glory that He deserves for the way that He is sovereign in our life, the way that He's actually created us to be and for the salvation that He has given us even when we never deserved it. Now the next crown I wanna talk about is the crown of pride. Pride is an attitude in our heart. It is expressed as an unhealthy attention to or an elevated view of ourself. It's something we will all struggle with in life. If you do not think you struggle with pride, I would probably say reevaluate. Um, it's honestly everyone. You cannot get through life without struggling with pride. In Romans 12 verse 16, it says, live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people and don't think you know it all. Like, wow, done. Paul even writes earlier in this chapter, don't think you are better than you really are, but have an honest evaluation of yourself. You know, pride distances ourselves from others. It puts us up here in a higher level and it looks down on other people. And even when we're in circles of friends or community in our church, we're not enjoying the company. We're just comparing ourselves. We're just bringing other people down in our minds when we let pride take a hold of us. I think the enemy targets our insecurity and weakness and our natural human reaction is to defend ourselves with pride. We highlight in our own mind the reasons why we're better than someone. We point out each other's weaknesses just to ease our own insecurity. That's pride. You know, I think pride is like a weed. You know, when I was a kid, we would go through like lots of bike rides, park walks, all of that. It was fun. We like, you know, we'd go for a walk all the time and you'd always see those, you all are gonna know exactly what I'm talking about. Those little yellow like flowers, those little yellow ones that grow on the path and you're like, wow, so pretty. They have so many petals. Like, let me pick these for my mom. And you like pick all the flowers and you take them home and you're like, wow, look, I picked you some flowers on my walk today. And like, they crush your soul when they tell you that they're actually a weed. I'm like, they don't look like a weed, like they look like a flower. Flowers have petals, like flowers are bright and happy. Like when you look at them, you feel happy and joyful and you're telling me that it's a weed. And they're like, yeah, it's a weed. Like they just infest your garden or infest everywhere. I'm like, but they don't look like a weed. Like they just look like a beautiful flower. You know, I, my dad used to say about weeding, like, I don't know, sometimes as kids, I feel like we would go, like we would actually want to do gardening, like weeding. Pastor Joe talks about this. I just remembered that. Pastor Joe likes to, like to manicure his garden. Yeah. So I think we used to do that too. Like sometimes, probably not as often. We were not as invested in our garden, but I just remembered that. It's so funny. It makes me laugh every time. But he would say that you have to make sure you take the weed out by the roots. Otherwise, it's just gonna keep growing back. And I think pride is the same. If we don't ask the Holy Spirit, we don't invite Him in to do a weeding job in our heart, we're just gonna keep picking it out by the stem and it's just gonna keep coming back. We actually have to be intentional with the Holy Spirit to come into our life and ask Him to work in our heart, to take pride out, not just 
picking it out like on the surface, but actually going deep, picking it out by the root so that it doesn't keep showing up in our life. Do we wear the crown of pride when we think we're better than we really are? We give honour to ourselves. We believe we're most important. We think, well, we're too high up to hang out with those people. Or I'm too experienced to do that job. Or I know the answer to everything. Pride convinces us we don't need God. I can do it on my own. I know what's best for me. Pride hardens our hearts and makes it impossible for God to grow us and increase us. We distance ourselves from God because we feel like, well, maybe we're doing okay. Like, I don't really need God right now. Like, things are going good. We give ourselves a position of importance and we believe that we deserve honour and praise that was never really meant for us. And similarly to the crown of achievement, the honour and the glory, the highest position has always belonged to God. And our pride gets in the way of us giving that honour to God. Honour is holding someone in high regard, in high esteem. We all have people that we honour in our life. But pride makes us selfishly believe that instead of God, the honour and the glory should go to us. Humility, on the other hand, happy note, humility, is to have a lower view of your own importance and to take the low position. Now, this is not talking about self-esteem or self-worth. That's something different. But it is recognising that without God, we wouldn't have, be, know anything. You know, it says in Proverbs 2 verse 6 to 7 that all wisdom comes from God and so do common sense and understanding. And I just think it's crazy that without God, I would not even be able to get through a, a day without common sense. Like, Common sense is something you're supposed to have. Like we think you just, hey, you're just supposed to have common sense. Like when you don't do something, people are like, oh, it's just common sense. Like why did they not do that? But it's actually God given too. Like without God, we wouldn't even have our common sense, which is just common. Like it's just something we're all supposed to have. That just, it's crazy to me. So to think, oh, that's exactly what I just said. To think God, we wouldn't, without God, we wouldn't have common sense common sense to help us get through the day. Just repeating that for you. He just wanted to know. Um, Humility is the quality that God desires from us. Humility is the quality that moves us to cast our crowns. With an inflated view of ourself and our importance, we will never bow down to God. It's only when we humble ourselves, when we have an honest evaluation and see that it's only by God's grace that we are where we are that we will actually be able to cast down the crown of pride before God's throne and truly give him the honour that he's worthy of. And the last crown I wanna talk about is the crown of power. God, we believe, God is the one that has all the power and authority. He is the Alpha and Omega. He's beginning and end. He has created the entire universe. All creation is his. He is sovereign over everything and he is in complete control. You know, there's a lot of uh, little K kings, uh, little Q queens and little L lords in our world. And they have dominion over their little portion of the world, society. But we know that our God is the King of all kings, capital K, the Lord of all lords. And He has dominion over all creation. It all belongs to Him. But as humans, we can desire power and control. It is common to desire that as a human being. 
And instead of giving this power to God, entrusting our lives over to Him, believing that He's in control and that He has authority, we can start to just take a little bit for ourselves. Think we know better or we might just be able to do it on our own this time. In Psalm 62, verse nine to 11, King David, king, he was a king himself, little king, little K, not little king. He writes this, common people are as worthless as a puff of wind and the powerful are not what they appear to be. If you weigh them on the scales together, they are lighter than a breath of air. He's just so real. Don't make your living by extortion or put your hope in stealing. And if your wealth increases, don't make it the centre of your life. God has spoken plainly and I have heard it many times. Power, O God, belongs to you. You know, King David as a king would have had authority. He would have had influence. He would have had dominion. But I believe that David in his heart actually did have a healthy understanding of his position. David knew the power belonged to God. He knew that even though he was a king, even though he had a measure of power over others, it was not his place to take power into his own hands and do with it whatever he wanted. David didn't long for power unto himself and he didn't become arrogant as a ruler or a person of authority because the power that he had was actually, he was using it as as God's representative. And you know, If you know the story of David, he falls short. We all fall short. God has grace for our mistakes. But it says in the Bible about David that he had a heart after God's heart. And so even though at points in his life, he fell short, he may have been arrogant as a ruler. He may have had those things. He may have exerted his power in a wrong way. I still believe that at the heart, he knew that it wasn't his power and he'd made a mistake. When we think about and remember the magnitude of God, oh, I totally skipped a section, so sorry. Power in our human relationships is the authority that one person has over another. And to believe that the power belongs to us is to believe that we are the one that has authority in someone's life. Sometimes when it's used in a wrong way, it can lead to manipulation and it can lead to us using people or situations for our own benefit. And in, psalm, in verse nine of that Psalm, David writes that the powerful are not what they appear to be. When we take the power for ourselves and we live our life believing that it's ours to do whatever we want with, we're actually living a lie. And we don't even realise in that moment that we're not what we think we are. We're not as powerful as we believe that we are. But when we think about And remember the magnitude of God, the one who was before anything ever existed, the one who spoke a word and creation all came to life, the one who parted the Red Sea and held up walls of water while people walked through, the one who took the disciples from the middle of the Sea of Galilee on a boat to the shore instantly. When does that even happen? How does that happen? When we think about this God, I believe we can see who we really are. Psalm 103 talks about how we're simply just made from dust. That our life is like the grass of the field. The wind blows it over and it's gone. Its place remembers it no more. Psalm 144, O Lord, what are human beings that you should notice them? 
mere mortals that you should think about them. For they are like a breath of air. Their days are like a passing shadow. When we read this, it should give us a healthy understanding of our position. We really don't have any power. And whatever power we think we do have, it's not actually ours, it's God's. It always has been and always will be God's power in us. We might be in positions of authority here on earth, but it's not our power to just grab a hold of and do with whatever we want. We are stewards of God's power and God's authority. You know, the elders that we read about in our verse in Revelation were seated on thrones wearing crowns of gold. They wore like royal white robes. That is a picture of power and authority. And still, they fell down before God and took the lowest place. They cast their crowns, also a representation of power, before God and acknowledged, hey, you are the one that has all power and authority. When we cast the crown of power, we actually do the same. We cast before God whatever power we think we have here on earth and we recognise and give God His rightful place of authority over all creation and our, over our life. Um, just as we come to you know, a close, if we just have the band to come join us tonight. And I just wanna read part of that verse in Revelation again. The 24 elders fall down before Him who is seated on the throne and worship Him who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne saying, worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory, honour and power for you created all things and by your will they existed and were created. How can we give God all the glory, all the honour, and all the power when we've just skimmed a little bit off the top for ourselves, Casting our crowns is saying, God, you are truly the only one. You will always be the only one worthy of honour, the only one worthy of glory, the only one worthy of power. And I'm not gonna take it for myself. I don't want a taste of a glory that does not belong to me. I don't wanna take from you what was never mine to begin with. And I believe that God is saying through this phrase, cast your crowns, that He's saying, cast before me those things that make you feel important or accepted in the world. Cast before me your pride. Cast before me the things that you have achieved that make you feel significant or the things you feel like you need to achieve to be in right standing with God. Humble yourselves. You know, one day when we find ourselves before the throne of God, I am confident that just like the elders, that those things that we had here on earth will matter nothing. And we too will cast our crowns, the things we thought had value, and bow down before God and say, worthy are you, God, our Lord, to receive all the glory, honour and the power. And tonight I wanna ask you, what crown are you wearing? Is it achievement? Is it pride or power? Maybe you've recognised or you can recognise something else in your life that stops you from giving God what is rightfully His. 
No, tonight, this message is not at all condemnation. We, this is, we're in this together, myself included. There are crowns that I have worn in my lifetime and are probably wearing right now and probably will wear for the rest of my life. Just the same as you, we're all the same. We're all gonna struggle with these things. But I do believe that it is an opportunity that God wants to give to us to reset ourselves, to realign our life to what God wants and to put God back into His rightful place in our life. Maybe it's an opportunity to repent tonight, to turn that full 180. Hey, I was going this way. I'm going this way now. I'm coming back to you, God, because I can recognise that I haven't been in, right with you. I haven't been living for you. I haven't been giving you the glory, the honour, the power that you deserve. And tonight's just an opportunity to, to come back to Him, to just cast your crowns, the things that you might be facing, the crown that you might be wearing before God's throne, to bow before Him and recognise, hey God, you are worthy of everything, worthy of it all. Worthy of glory, worthy of honour, worthy of power and praise and thanksgiving. Now tonight, we're not gonna have a come down the front altar call because I think this is actually a private thing. This is, we don't need to see you. We don't need to know what crown you think you're wearing. I don't need to know, hey, I'm struggling with my pride. I'm like, we're all gonna struggle with that. We don't need to know that. That's not what this is about. And that's why we're not gonna invite you to the front tonight. But I do want us to have a moment as the band is gonna sing this song, this song worthy of it all, that the lyrics is Scripture. The lyrics is exactly what we have just read tonight. And as they sing and as they worship, I just would love for us to stand and to just have this moment where if you feel like you are wearing a crown and you feel like it's time to cast that before God, that you have this opportunity to. And all you need to do is humble yourself. It's all He asks in this moment is that we would take the lowest position. We would come down low before Him and say, God, You are worthy. I'm not. I'm not taking the glory because of what I've achieved. I'm not taking the honour that You deserve and I'm not taking the power from You, God. And I'm just gonna remember who You are tonight. And so if you could stand, you know, the band's gonna play this. Uh, maybe if we can get the lights down a little bit. This is a private moment between You and God. This is something that you can just have with Him. Just speak to Him, let Him do in You what needs to be done. 